0: Amen. Thank you, Ash. It's good to be back here again. Pretty good group here. I thought there might not be many here because of Thanksgiving weekend, so um, thank you for coming. This is fun. Uh, our three kids just came in literally today. One from Montana, one from uh, Arizona, and the other one goes to CU Boulder, so she just had about a five-minute drive, so... But it's good to have a full house. And we have a new girlfriend, my son's girlfriend, that we have not met before. So that's always interesting and fun. So, so it's good to be here. Um, I thought before we dive into what we're going to do today, I'll give you kind of a, uh, a summary of where we've come so far. And so far, we've basically learned four what we'd call foundational skills for our relational and emotional life Again, the discipleship that Jesus gave to us is all pointed at love. So you might see one of the goals for our discipleship is to be able is to learn and to grow a people who can love like Jesus loves. Right? That's where we're going. That's not to say love is the only thing, but it is the central thing. And when we skip the love part and don't love well, everything else kind of falls apart. As a matter of fact, the whole church falls apart if love is not at the center. Um, and it stops being Christian, even though it may have very good doctrine. Love is the very center of everything we do, and without love, Jesus makes that very clear when he offers a little critique to the church in Ephesus, saying you've done all these great things. You're hardworking. You're standing up in evil times to people that are teaching false doctrine. Um, you know, you're in trouble, and you're, you're sta- perse- persevering, but he said, but you've lost your first love, So repent, or, and then he says some of the scariest words that can be uttered to a church by Jesus, or I will take your lampstand from you. Jesus is actually reversing a teaching he had in the Sermon on the Mat where he says, we let our light shine. We don't put it under a bowl, right? Let it shine. But for the the Ephesian church, he essentially said, a church that's forgotten about how to love, he says, I don't want you shining. I'm going to take your lampstand away so there's no way you can even shine. That shows how central love is. And it also kind of helps you, like some of these skills we're doing are a little weird. You might th- think, well, what are we doing this for? And I like to give you the big picture because this is all aimed at loving like Jesus loves. That's all, that's the thing that this is aimed at. That's, it's the truest sense of being a Christian. So we've talked about joy. Remember, joy is very facial, very body. It's nonverbal. It's you, you can tell from my face that you're special to me. When I feel joyful, I feel special. And I can tell it from your face, I can tell it from your eyes, I can tell it from your body posture, and even the tone of your voice. It's not so much verbal, your words don't build joy as much as these other nonverbal things. Because it's the right brain, joy-building side which is not verbal. Building joy functions as relational fuel to the rest of our brain. Love is a very relational task, right? And if we don't have that relational fuel, it's much, much harder. And much of life doesn't work when our joy is low. Joy is not happiness, it's happy to be togetherness. So when something difficult happen, happens and we're sad, or when we're angry, or we're ashamed, we, when we're with people who are glad to be with us, we're joyful at the same time. But we're not happy. Instead we're sad or we're angry. Okay, that makes sense. I always have to repeat that because we have such a easy tie from joy to happiness, and joy is not happiness. We can actually be happy and not be joyful when we're kind of just happy on our own on our own because of circumstances, but it's not a very relational happiness. Joy is is, is fundamentally relational. So that's one of the big skills. One, uh, the second one is gratitude. Gratitude is one of the ways we build joy with God with each other we train our brains to find the good things god has done for us in our past and then we actually allow ourselves to to marinate you know to sit in them and soak it up i do this five minutes every day i have a list of gratitude memories i set a five minute timer i open up my note on my phone for my gratitude list i scan it and i ask god to highlight one or to highlight a new one, something that's happened in the last week or so that was a gift from him. Maybe I didn't even realize it. A lot of times I find gifts from him from just my previous week or two and I realize, oh, that was God did that. I didn't realize that. See, we're training our brains to find God where oftentimes we forget that he actually did a good thing for us. But then we, we take time and we allow ourselves to marinate in it, to sit in it, to relive it, and feel it in our bodies. And that puts our brain into a very, very healthy place and is also a refueling. It's really tied to joy. Joy is the, the on-ramp to joy is gratitude. There's a bunch of other things we can do to build joy, but gratitude is a good on-ramp starting point, okay? So we have building joy, gratitude, and the third one is quieting ourselves. Learning how to calm ourselves, especially karma, Calm ourselves in big emotions. Okay? Happens to all of us. You know, our one emotion goes crazy. It could be anger, anger. it could be sadness, it could be uh, despair. Like, this problem is this problem's just too big for me. I don't see any way I can solve this problem. That's called despair. You can be joyful in despair. As a matter of fact, despair is a very tender emotion once you realize in despair, Jesus always feels very close. Because it's like, Jesus, this thing, this problem I have is way too big for me. I'm here, I am. And, and you'll very, very, start, very quickly start to sense Jesus' presence. Like him. Oftentimes what I hear from Jesus in those cases is, yes, you're right. This is too big for you. But we're together in this. Stay close to me. Let's keep talking and calm yourself down. Calming ourselves down helps us feel the presence of God and it helps us stay relational with each other. Um, we talked about relational circuits. That's the fourth thing. That's what we talked about last time we were together. Good lively discussion. And relational circuits, just it, the concept is that our, our right relational brain can kind of function like a circuit breaker, it can kind of go offline on us, right? And when that happens, we, go, we start treating people like enemies to be defeated, problems to be solved, or annoyances to avoid. All those are real clear signs that our relational brain is not working very well. Happens to us all the time. And so one of the things we're gonna do now is, is split up pretty soon, is split up into some groups and share some stories over the last few weeks since we talked about this, about when you feel your relational brain, your relational circuits, sometimes we call them our RCs, our relational circuits, when they went off or got wobbly or when you saw that in someone else. What did it look like? When it was in you, what did it feel like when your relational circuits went off? And were you able to get them back on? And some of the steps to repairing, how to restoring and getting those back on. You know, this relational circuits, I was doing a training in our basement. Uh, Our wife and I, Jim Wilder, came up. We had, had like 25 people cramming into our basement every Thursday for 15 weeks. And one of the weeks, Jim Wilder gave us homework. He said, for the next week until we come back this next time, Write down every time you since you're going or flirting with enemy mode. You know, there's two enemy modes, but either one of them. We talked about those. And it was shocking to me how often, once it was in my conscious you know, awareness, how often I would go into in- enemy mode. But the first step to keeping and staying relational, like one of the things we do to love like Jesus loves is we stay relational. And we keep relationships bigger than problems. Usually we make problems bigger than relationships. That means our relational circuits are off. When they're on, we're actually able to keep relationships bigger than problems. And this is not denial, we're not saying there are no problems, we still have to deal with problems but you can simultaneously maintain relationships as bigger. Okay? And so that's relational circuits. So those are the four skills we've done so far this year. There's five foundational skills upon which we build the rest of discipleship, and that's four of the five. If we have time today, we're gonna look at the fifth, okay? Um, Are there any questions about any of those things I've mentioned, like as as you've been learning about them, percolating up, are there any questions or anything before we go on to our next step of sharing? Okay. So last time, um, we... uh, We said to start to notice when your relational circuits go wobbly, what does it feel like in your body, and how did you get them back on? And so what I'd like you to do is kind of break up into some groups around you, like in three, three, four, five people or something, and uh, share a story of when you you yourself or you saw someone else you think slipping into this enemy mode and have their relational brain kind of go offline on them. Okay? So before we go into that, A little bit of uh, transparency myself. I've been doing the same homework. And so about earlier this week, it was last weekend, so it was a week ago, uh, my wife was looking online at recipes. She picked a lot of apples. I don't know if you know, Boulder is absolutely full of apples right now. Most of them are frozen now. And my wife is almost like, um, you know, the animal lover that can't let the little kitten or little puppy that's stranded on the street go, but it's with apples. And we have bushels and bushels of apples in our house and I have no idea what we're gonna do with them all. But anyway, my wife was looking online for rep- recipes with apples like strudel and she already does pies but she wants to know some other things to do and she found one that was really good she thought would be good and she goes, ooh, this looks delicious and I sat down by her to look in her, in her laptop and say, ooh, we should be, maybe we could try this out today. And my wife turned to me and said, try it out. That, that means I'm gonna do it all and you're not gonna help with me and she kind of went off on me. And then I said, oh, sorry for saying that, I, I'm out of here, and I got up and I walked out of the room, I went into the kitchen, and in the kitchen I realized I don't wanna be with her right now. Ding, 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 ding. You remember the checklist? One of the checklist items for uh, when you've, you've gone non-relational is I don't wanna be with blank, who is someone I usually like to be with, right? And I realized, ooh, My relational circus just went off. And so I I did some breathing, I calmed down. And then shortly after my wife came out into the kitchen and she apologized. She said, you know, my work is so stressed that I'm just like on this hair trigger now because my job is really, she's a school teacher during COVID. That's not an easy job right now. Not easy, yeah, thank you. And uh, but here's here's the wisdom of my wife. She said, you know, instead of you storming out of the room, what would have helped me is if you would have been curious. She said, if you would have gone, huh, Claudia, that's not like you. Is there something going on? Huh. She said, if you would have said that, that would have snapped snapped me right back into it, right back into relational mode again. Okay. So these are actually the kinds of conversations we need to have. We learn how to recognize and get our relational circuits back on when they go off by telling these stories to each other, by bringing this as a normal thing we talk about. In our group in our basement, we would regularly hire stories of, oh man, my relational circuits went off last week with my boss. He came in and he said this to me, and then we'd talk through it. Oh man, when my kid said this thing or brought home this grade or you know whatever it happened to be, These are the kinds of conversations we need to have if we're going to learn to love like Jesus loves because we need to become aware of these things, okay? So let's, I'll give you maybe 10 minutes. Yeah, question. I understand the idea of conflict, right? Yes. But what if you just want to be alone? Well, we are going to go through the steps today of restoring your relational circuits. We didn't have time to do that last time. Guess what the first step is? Calming and quieting yourself, which many times, especially if if you're with the person that's annoying to me, I need to get alone for a while, calm myself down. Um, Sometimes you can go with other people and other people will help you get your relational circuits back on. As a matter of fact, there are times in particularly difficult situations, the only way I know to get my relational circuits back on is with the help of another person. So sometimes we do need other people but most of the times, it's not that deep of a of a, a relational, tra- you know, a, a difficult relational event. And so I can just calm myself, just sit in quiet, turn the thoughts off for a while, let my brain calm down, and then we can go into some other steps that I'm gonna teach you today. We're gonna actually try them out today, okay? So that's a good good question. And sometimes we just don't have the capacity to stay with the difficult person, so we need a break to calm ourselves down. But the reason we do that isn't, because I'm done with you, this is the end of the relationship, it's so I can get my relational brain back working again. If we're trying to solve a a relationally difficult event, like there's a conflict, with our relational circuits off, it's never gonna end well, because we need those relational circuitry in the brain that Jesus created to help us do this. You know, it's kinda like trying to see with your eyes closed. You know, the first thing you do is you need to work on getting your eyes open first, right? And so uh, a, a difficult relational event, one of the first things we need to make sure is, are our relational circuits on and working well? Okay, good. Now let's talk about this difficult thing. So a lot of times with my wife or with other people who know the language, other people don't know that, that don't know about this, you have to do it with different language, but People I know when this happens will go, oh, I think my relational circuit's just got wobbly. Let's take a break and let me calm down some and you calm down and then let's come back together when we're both ready. That is actually very, very healthy. Okay. Any other question? Yeah. Yeah, Relating to that, uh, What about where you just need to be alone? Where you just need to be alone? Where you just need to be alone? <laughs> Echoing here. Um, it's not a matter of being in, coming out of or being in conflict with someone, but just needing maybe the peace, mm-hmm. I don't know, of, of being alone. That, How does that fit in your system? That's a great question, and it comes back to what we talked about earlier about remember the, what a secure attachment looks like? Jesus' love to us, and God's love to us, God the Father's love to us, Holy Spirit as well is fundamentally a secure attachment, meaning God is always looking to build joy and connect with us and interact with us and be glad to be with us. But he's also very sensitive where sometimes we need rest and we need space. A secure attachment is an attachment between two people that keep those two things in balance. If we're just constantly connecting over a while, we can wear each other out, you can get too much joy It becomes almost uncomfortable or it it makes you tired. Um, But if all we do is rest and we don't ever connect, then there's some relational deadness there. Our our fuel tanks go empty, right? So there's this really healthy balance between, and God will do this to us as well. He always wants to connect. Sometimes I'll go to connect with him and what I'll hear is you just need to rest. And so even God's saying, no, we're not gonna connect right now. You need to rest. And, and also, um, you know, when you're teaching your kids something, they need to connect, say you're teaching your kid how to do something, and then, then it's very wise to then leave them on their own and they go try it on their, by themselves. And it doesn't work right. Maybe they get mad and they try it again, and then they come back to you. And you interact with them and go, oh yeah, that's frustrating. Ugh. Well, actually, if, maybe if you do it this way, it might be a little better. Oh, okay, and then they go off on their own. And God will do that with us too. A lot of times we misinterpret it as God having abandoning us or not being with us. But we realize God operates in a secure attachment. He wants to connect with us, but he also knows when we need to go and explore our world. One of the things that builds our attachment with God is having times with him of deep connection and then going out and doing stuff. Sometimes we fall on our face and sometimes we have a success and then coming back and reconnecting with God. God's always with us but he also gives us time to go explore the world and then come back and we unpack it together. So if we're not taking time to be alone and to rest, we will burn our battery out, okay? And if we're not being intentional about building joy, we're never charging our battery up. So we need both of those things. So does that answer your question? Any other questions? Okay, so we'll take five to 10 minutes, get in groups of three, four, five, something like that, and, uh, and just share, and if some questions come up, then you can ask them to me after the group time, like if things come up that you don't know the answer to, I can answer some, a few more questions afterwards, and then we'll come back together. Okay, a couple questions came up, or one question, good one, is what if I realize that my relational circuits are off most of the time? Can this, this can often be a, a kind of an eye-opening exercise for some of us. A lot of it has to do with kind of our, what kind of families we grew up in and what kind of what we saw modeled by more mature people around us and trauma, so there's all sorts of variables thrown in here. Um, and we're not arguing for you to never have your, ever, ever have your relational circuits go off because that's impossible, because we're finite human beings, we're not Jesus. As far as I can tell from the New Testament, I never saw a sign that Jesus' relational brain went offline. But that doesn't mean that we can necessarily do that, maybe we can, let's, all I say is, let's point, our, point the ship in that direction, right? Doesn't matter how close we are to our destiny, let's point it in the right direction and go that direction, and that's what we should be doing. But the first step to noticing, to being able to stay relational is noticing when we've gone offline. So this is really important, these kind of talks, discussions you're having right now of specific incidences. By the way, my wife just came in the room, Claudia, I just gave an example of her wisdom of telling me how, how I could have helped her when her relational circuits went off. She's a very wise woman. Um, and, uh, and there will be times, and I've had times as well, where my relational circuits went off and I could not get them back on. Anybody have an experience with that? Yeah. There's a couple things to think of when that happens. Number one, if you're in current suffering right now, like you're in the trial now, it's going to be much, much harder to get your relational circuits on in a big, big trial, because you're just, you're just carrying a heavy load. Um, number two, a lot of times there's trauma involved and you get trauma triggered, and so there needs to be some trauma healing as well. So sometimes when you can't get them back on, it's actually a good sign that God may be saying, let's go talk about some stuff in your past. And we're gonna talk more about that you know, in the spring, about how, how the brain, brain heals trauma. We actually see Jesus doing it all the time. We see God doing it in the, without us realizing he's doing it. Um, another thing is we may just be tired. I've had times where I tried, we're gonna go through the steps now to restore relational circuits. I've tried those, they didn't work. I tried other stuff, it didn't work. And I, I was exhausted, I lay down, I took a nap, and I woke up and I was fine. Sometimes when we're just tired, we need rest. That's part of the rest this gentleman mentioned. Sometimes we just need to get away, sometimes we need to take a nap. We're just kind of worn out, okay? And these are the things we need to learn about ourselves. You know, if you've, you've had the kid melting down and you try to reason with them and then you tell them, why don't you go take a nap and they fall asleep and they wake up and your kid is back. Your, your normal kid is back again. They just needed some rest. Any other questions come up during your discussion time with relational circuits? So you can see why we're doing the order we're doing, building joy, gratitude, quiet, right? Um, We're gonna gonna go through the steps for how to, a good four steps to restore your relational circuits, but they include uh, gratitude, which is a part of joy and quieting ourselves and so we 're kind of building in in a, in a purposeful way we're building the skills in that you need for the the next step of skills okay now, most of you probably didn't bring your RC worksheet um, Ash did you send them out to people also so you have it in an email if you lost, lost the sheet but on the back side there's the steps you don't need them today because i'm going to read i'm going to take you through them okay so i 'll just read it to you but for home use and for teaching others and I Fully encourage you to teach what I've taught here. You know, if you forgot some things, go watch the video, but teach to spread this far and wide. Um, we're, we're not keeping this for ourselves, right? This is good stuff. Um, so, the goal for getting our relational circuits back on again, it's to perceive the Lord's presence. So, we have those checklists, you know, of simple enemy mode and predatory enemy mode. But the big, biggest single checklist of them all is can I sense Jesus' presence right now? When my relational circuits go off, I don't tend to perceive his presence because the circuits that allow me, we actually know the areas of the brain that allow us to do that now, they've gone offline. That's why we want to get them back on. Okay. So I, my, the goal for this is to see, perceive the Lord's presence and then tell Jesus about my pain and receive his comfort so that I can get my relational circuits back on. Okay, that's the ultimate goal. Now our strategy, which is the path there, okay, is first to quiet my body, which we've already been practicing together. That gets the adrenaline drains the adrenaline out of our bloodstream. And it's really important to get that adrenaline out, otherwise you're going to have a hard time even thinking rationally. That's why taking a break in an intense situation is a very wise thing. It's not an unwise thing, it's very wise. It allows us to calm down, take some breaths, Drain that adrenaline and get, some, get the good stuff coming in, which is serotonin, the calming, calming hormone, all these created by God, so this is beautiful God stuff we're doing. And then we can think right again. We can think relationally, okay, instead of just problem-solving only. So I quiet my body and then talk to God about my emotions, okay, and my thoughts, even if I don't sense his presence yet. So in many, many cases, when your RCs go off, you're gonna to have to start talking to Jesus about your emotions, even though you can't feel his presence. So you need to get comfortable with doing that, okay? Jesus, it doesn't feel like you're listening to me, but I know you are, I thank you that you are, but it sure doesn't feel like it right now. But I'm just so angry right now, and I'm also despair because I don't know how to solve this big problem I have at work, or whatever it is, right? Those are kinds of prayers we wanna get used to praying to Jesus. And you'll meet him in those prayers, but sometimes it'll take a while to get your brain back online. And then I invite the Lord to help me perceive his presence and then tell others how God's peace has helped me when I got my relational circuits back on. Those are the things we want to share too. When they go off, and we also want to share when we got them back on, what it felt like and how we did it. That helps me remember it and it also spreads the goodness to you all and you, and you think, oh, that worked. I'm going to try that next time. Okay? And this is really what church needs to be like. We need to talk about these things in church. Who lost Jesus' presence last week? I did. Okay, good. Let's, let's work on this together. What do you say? Right? These are the things we need to work on in church because it happens all the time and oftentimes we just kind of sweep it under the rug because we're embarrassed about it, right? But this is normal everyday Christian life that we're working with. Okay, so for the steps, I'm going to give you a couple minutes for each step. And so I'll just guide you one by one. Okay, you ready? Step number one for bringing our relational circuits on, and again, this is on your sheet. You don't need to write it down um, unless you have other, other points or whatever, is shalom my body. So why don't we all do some of the shalom my body exercises we learned. Why don't you stand up? And we'll all do them together this time. Sometimes you'll have to do them on your own. But we're going to do them together just because it's also important to quiet ourselves together. Okay? So let's just first of all take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. another one now let's practice one of the more responses which is the baby startle reflex you remember that one if you missed the one we were there when we've uh, when you if we weren't here when I taught it we'll do it a couple times so you can catch on and do it the second and third time okay and on the way out let's quote, quote Psalm 56 is when I when I am afraid I will trust in you O Lord okay you ready when I am afraid, I will trust in you, O Lord. Wow, I could feel that in my body. I could. What we're doing is, a, is a, a slight excitement and then calming it. And then a slight excitement and then calming it. Okay, let's do it again. <gasps> when I am afraid, I will trust in you, O Lord. Can you feel that in your body? One more time. <gasps> when I am afraid, I will trust in you, O Lord. And now let's do an inhale tapping underneath our collarbone. And then exhale its massage. When I am afraid, I will trust in you, O Lord. I can feel that in my body. I feel kind of a tingly looseness. Another time? When I'm afraid, I will trust in you, O Lord. One more time, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you, O oh Lord, and shake it out. Can you feel that? Okay, take, take a seat. So we've all just drained the cortisol, the stress, the adrenaline out of our blood, a good part of it that helps us think clearly. Sometimes my relational circuits have gone off and all I did is some breathing and they came right back on again. So you may not need to go through all four steps. If it's not a real serious thing, a lot of times just a little bit of breathing or some tapping and boom, you're back. I'm like, woo, I'm back again. Thank you, God. Michael Hendricks is back in the room, right? Sometimes that won't happen. You need to breathe and then you need to do the next steps, okay? So the first is first step is shalom my body we're working on our body this is body stuff and the next one is shaloming my soul. So we bring peace to our physical body and now we bring peace to our soul by talking to God directly about my emotions and my thoughts. Even though I don't perceive I may not perceive his presence yet. Okay? I do not talk to God in this step about the person that's bothering me, that made me sad or made me ashamed or made me angry. Just talk only about your emotions. Like, Jesus, I am just feeling so sad, and I feel ashamed, like I want to run away. Just talk about your emotions, but not about the person. If you talk about the person, you tend to bring your RCs back off, bring them back down again, which is what we're, we're trying to do the opposite, okay? And... Um, So I'm going to give you a couple minutes, again, just to talk to God about your emotions in a situation. It can be the situation you talked about in your group, or if there's some other kind of heavy situation. Uh, Just talk to God about the emotions you're feeling. I'll give you, uh, let's say, three minutes. So now we've talked to Jesus about the emotions we're feeling. Um, And now we're kind of channeling all those emotions towards sadness, which is called lament. The third step is called lamenting with God. Um, I feel sad about those things that grieve both God and me. So in your situation, focus mainly on the sadness now. And what makes you and God sad together about this situation? Um, you can do some things here, um, but sadness actually is one of the emotions that tends to activate again our relational circuits. And so we take all these other emotions, and then we go into sadness, and lamenting with God as a way to help get our, and feeling God's sadness too. Again, it's God and I being sad together. So what are you and God sad about in this situation? And... Uh, if you, feel, if you kind of feel stuck just praying, you can get a journal out and write, even write down some of the things in your current situation that make you feel sad and what, what makes God feel sad for you, those kinds of things. So I'll give you a couple minutes to do that and, uh, and then go to the fourth step. And now, hopefully, our relational circuits have come on enough that we can enter into a state of gratitude. Oftentimes, gratitude's too big of a jump when we're really not doing well. And so this is kind of gets us into it. But now we show our, grow our appreciation with God, which, I, which is I tell God what I appreciate about his presence and his faithfulness, and especially in times past, that he has shown himself faithful to me. Um, and so let's just sit, we're going to sit in, in, uh, in some gratitude and appreciation with God about times that he's been faithful to us and thank him for it. And uh, we'll spend a few minutes in that. Okay. And then on your sheets, there's not a fifth step, but really the fifth step is to tell tell people about your experiences. Kind of what we just did prior to this. Especially when when God has given you peace, when you had lost it and you'd lost his presence, his sense of his presence, and he gave you peace, that's a really good thing to share with people. If you haven't gotten your peace back yet, it's not quite time to share because you're still working on it. You're still in it. Um, And again, if you're having a hard time uh, getting your relational circuits on, that oftentimes that means there's some healing that needs to be done. And that's a very normal thing. A lot of times God actually opens my eyes to some healing I need to do by my relational circuits not coming back on. And after a couple times of it, now if I have a hard time getting them back on, I'm like, okay God, there's probably something that needs to be healed here. So what would you want me to know about this? Okay. That's very normal stuff. Um, and then share. Make this part of your daily conversation. Make this part of your groups. You know, all of you, hopefully you're scattered around the groups enough that you can bring this practice into your groups. Um, I put it in, into the curriculum of the group curriculum, but also feel free to introduce it yourself, other lessons, even if I don't bring this up. Uh, if you had a, a good relational circuit restoration experience, share it in your groups. This is very, very important that we do this. This is how our brain learns. It learns for seeing, by seeing real life examples in real time and by us sharing our stories of when we found our peace with Jesus, when we had lost it and found it. Okay? Any questions? So I had more prepared for today, but I think I'm what we have for today. I'm going to push off to our next meeting, which I think is in January. Claudia has a coming. There's a microphone here, Clau, and you can take your mask off for your for, to talk. It's on, I think.
1: Oh, I just want to say that when is the part that we lament with God? The the part of uh, restoring our relational circuits that we get sad and we lament. With God, uh, it's not what God is sad for me, but it's uh, God being sad with me. And if it's any thoughts of condemnation, of shame, or guilt, that's not His voice. The voice of the shepherd always will bring us peace. So when, when we lament, it's like, like right now, I was uh, being sad for, for one of my kids. And God's saying to me, yeah, I understand how sad you feel. Because I also am a father, and I also feel sad for my own kids. But that, that piece is God validating our sadness. Uh.
0: And that's what lament is, is us, God and us being sad about something. Like Claudia said, not necessarily him being sad about me, but both of us being sad together about something. And it's actually a, a, an essential spiritual discipline that is often missing in our, in our church life. So I encourage you over the, the Thanksgiving break and over the Christmas break to get used to using this, okay? You know, put it somewhere on your desk or somewhere where you can, at the end of the night, you can run through it and go, oh, God, bring back to me any time that I was losing my sense of your presence and I was acting, treating someone like an enemy, okay? And, uh, and then try these steps and journal about it and share it with your community. This is kind of, this is basic stuff for learning how to love like Jesus loves, okay? So, and like I said, pass these out to friends, share this with your families. We sh- we've shared this kind of thing with our kids and we talk about it together and... Uh, it can make a big difference. You know, over holidays, sometimes there's family tensions and things that come up, and this can be an invaluable tool to help us continue to, to experience the presence of Jesus in the middle of it, rather than kind of losing his presence and we feel like we're on our own and then we're in trouble. Okay? Great. Let's all take another deep breath and let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you are the good shepherd and that you're so tender with your sheep and that you're sad with us about things out there that want to hurt us, that are painful for us. And I thank you that you want to share that sadness with us so we can feel it and be sad with you. I pray as we go out now into Thanksgiving and, and December and Christmas and uh, lots of opportunities to, to uh, practice this skill, but Jesus, really what we desire to do is to learn to stay relational and uh, when we lose that, to get it back and working it in just like we see you so often, staying relational in really intense situations where you continue to treat people with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. And we want to be like you. We want to love like you love. Uh, Fill us with your Holy Spirit to give us the power to do that and the wisdom and the insight. Help us cling to each other and share our stories and may your Holy Spirit work in those interactions as well. Uh, But lead us down that road, Jesus, to love like you love so we can shine your light so brightly. And we pray this in your name. Amen.